Habakkuk chapter 2 I will take my stand at the watchpost and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. This morning I was saying to the Lord that when I hear his voice and say something with say something when I write his words or when I speak his words I don't see any effect it feels like they fall flat and I was saying to him Lord if you're speaking through me shouldn't I see some effect and the Lord brought me to those verses and I know what he's saying he's saying that I shouldn't lose heart so I'm gonna keep saying what he told me to say the shadows are getting longer the shadows are getting longer There's only a little while left. We can't continue to act as though we don't have the wisdom and the knowledge of the heavens. We can't continue to act as the world does in their stupidity and in their darkness. We are children of light. We are not children of the darkness that we should act like them or that we should worry like them or dismay like them. We shouldn't be caught unaware when he comes. We shouldn't be caught unaware at the sounding of the trumpet. In Matthew it says that we are not like everyone else, that we should be caught with our pants down, unaware. We don't need to be caught like he says, like like the day of the Lord is like a thief in the night. No, we have to have our ear to the Lord our ear to the door of heaven and know when he's coming. Even right now, the supper, the wedding supper of the Lamb is almost done being prepared. But too few are standing waiting with their oils filled in their lamps and their wicks trimmed. Too few are ready. The Lord said, won't anybody be ready? Won't anybody be watching when I return? Won't anybody rejoice at the sound of the bridegroom? Too many people are going to dismay at the day of the Lord. Too many of the Lord's own people will regret the time that they've spent worrying and consumed in things that don't matter. But the Lord says, don't let this be you. Don't let this be you. Wake up in the morning and seek for his face. Spend your days listening for his voice. Watch for him coming. Put your ear to the door of heaven. There's only a little time. It's like the golden hour before the sun goes down. There's only a little time. Too many people are concerned with the fate of our nation. Too many people have worldly ideas of what their congregation should be concerned with. Too many believers who have the Holy Spirit are concerned with what the world is saying and not what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit of the Lord says, turn your ear to me. 
Listen to what I am doing in your family and in your heart. Stop worrying and fretting about the bills and the money and what's going to happen tomorrow and the breath that you have left and instead worry about what the King of Heaven is doing in your heart, in the heart of your closest family members, in your community. Spread while you can the fragrance of the gospel of Christ. The one who the one who redeems our lives from the pit. That's what his people should be about. That's what we should be concerned with. Cast off anxiety. Cast off bitterness. Envy, conceit, selfish ambition. Cast off this predisposition that we all have to please ourselves and be concerned with reaching the lost. Be concerned with meeting your neighbor and warning them of the things to come. You don't have to warn people of the government imploding. You don't have to warn people of prison. You don't have to warn people of wars. We have to warn people about the judgment day of Christ when every thought of every heart will be laid bare and only by the blood of Christ will we be righteous. Will we be safe from eternal darkness and the second death? That's what we have to warn people of. We're getting too concerned with politics, too concerned with the things the world is concerned with, what our money will buy, too concerned with the price of houses and whether food will be on the shelves. Don't you know the Lord will take care of you? The Lord takes care of all of those things. We're the sheep of his pasture. It's not our job to be concerned with those things. It's not our job to spend our time worrying about the things the world worries about. We are to rejoice always, seek his face continually, search the scriptures for knowledge of him. We're supposed to serve unceasingly. We're supposed to love without holding back, forgive without remembering. We're supposed to lay our lives down for one another. We're supposed to listen to the Spirit of God and expect Him to provide for us miraculously and tenderly. And we're supposed to be in love with the author of our souls. He doesn't call us to be wise. He doesn't call us to be wise in the world's eyes or savvy great businessmen. What he calls us to be is sheep who happily and tenderly are calm and peaceful in his presence all the time. That's all that matters. The enemy is trying to get at us in so many ways. So many ways. And one of the biggest problems we have is that we are running towards the enemy. We run towards him and allow him to 
infiltrate our thoughts and our hearts and our minds because we refuse to look at our lives and our hearts the way the Lord looks at them. We refuse to see that we are safe in his hand, that we can trust him. We refuse to give him our worries. Sheep in the pasture of the shepherd have no fear of the enemy when they're sitting next to the shepherd. None. But we live our lives as though he's gone. He's not gone. The Spirit of the Lord is here, living and active. Is he, has he stopped providing? Has he stopped doing miracles here on the earth? Has he stopped being the Lord of heaven and earth? Our problem is that we don't believe it. We don't trust him. We don't put our worries in his hand. He has no he has no problems that he can't overcome. He's the Lord God of heaven and earth. He commands angel armies. Do you think he can't drop food on your lap? In Matthew 11, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you know that in the congregation of the believers, the leaders are also sheep. We have one shepherd. For years I spent for years I spent time idolizing teachers of the scriptures, men and sometimes women who taught me things that I thought were full of wisdom and full of the spirit and they were good things but my attention was turned on them and now that I'm older I see it much more clearly that there's one shepherd and we are all sheep in the pasture and if there are any teachers or leaders or pastors in the flock the the job of the leader is not to turn around and feed the other sheep. But the job of the leader is to be the first one at the hand of the shepherd. When the shepherd moves, those lead sheep go forward willingly, quickly. When the shepherd brings food out, those sheep run to him. The leader's job is to be the first one at the feet of Jesus. The first one eating from the shepherd's hand. And then when we go to the Lord and are filled and know him as our provider and our keeper, we set an example to others. We make a way. We we head down the field and the other sheep start following and pick up their ears and they see us going and they go too. I have been too guilty of idolizing other sheep. 
I have a huge desire to go to the Spirit. And I'm saying to all of you, go also to Jesus, the Spirit. You know, in Revelation, it describes him as the one who holds the seven stars and the seven spirits in his hand. And what that means is he is the our holder. He's holding, seven means complete, meaning he's holding all of us in his hands. He's holding everyone. And I'm saying we have to be in the business of going to him not relying on other teachers not relying on other people to hear him but we each our own selves have to have our lamps filled in the presence of the living god we each have to know him ourselves there's an there's a prophecy in in one of the prophets that says like a blessing that nobody will they'll in the day of the lord in the day of his kingdom, no one will say to his neighbor, know the Lord, because they'll all know him. This is how it should be in the church of God, that not one of us should have to say to each other, know the Lord, because we all know him. This should be the mark of the church of God. Not that one of us is compelling the other ones to know him, but that we all, each one of him, know him intimately. That when we search the scriptures, we all come with a message and a hymn and a testimony and a word of wisdom and a word of exhortation. Each one of us comes full of goodness and truth. Each one of us comes from the master to the congregation and builds each other up and encourage each other. And not one of us is more important or more beloved or even more wise than another. But instead, we're all full of the presence and the spirit and the knowledge of God. This is the way it should be. And I want to say, is this, is this the way with us? Is this the way in the church of God? Or is our church full of people who are like harassed sheep without a shepherd, going from one teacher to another, looking, always looking, but never able to arrive at the knowledge of truth? Is this how we are? We don't know how to hear from the Spirit. We don't know how to understand the scriptures. We don't know how to seek the presence. We don't know how to have our wounds washed by the presence of the Lord. We don't know how to put our ear to the door of heaven. We don't know how to sense the Spirit of God leading us. I don't think that this is how the church is supposed to be. We shouldn't wait for our pastor to tell us what we're, we should be doing. We shouldn't wait for another person to teach us about the Lord. But as we come to the Lord and are filled with his spirit, we should ourselves then continue to go to the Lord and be taught by him. And yes, we can be taught by each other, especially when we're young in the faith. But like Paul said, for so long you've been having milk and by this time you should have meat. Well, what is meat? Do you know the difference between milk and meat? Milk is given to a baby, but meat is caught by a grown animal. A grown lion gets its own meat. A, a grown, mature lion does not, is not given meat like a baby lion is given milk. Are you going out and getting the presence of the Lord, the knowledge of the Lord? Are you seeking after wisdom every morning?
or are you waiting to be fed? Don't, don't, we can't do that. We can't do that. We have to be the mature bride. We have to be more than we are. We have to search the scriptures. We have to go to his presence. We have to be the bride. We have to be mature. I want more than casual Christianity. I always have wanted more. And anyone who has heard the message of the gospel should. We should want more than Sunday morning. We should want more than platitudes and devotionals. If there is a king of heaven who came and died and shed his blood for us, who created all of this, and who gave us his spirit that we may know him, then shouldn't we want to know him? Shouldn't we want to know him more than we want to know the ending of the Netflix show we're binging? Shouldn't we want to know what he's about more than we want to know who's, you know, who's the next star of the Marvel movie coming out? We don't have a passion and a hunger for the things of the Lord because we're spending our passions on worldly, temporary, useless things. We should repent is what we should do. We as a church should repent. We should repent for our lack of love of the Lord. We should repent for not having him first in our lives. We should repent for not making ourselves an offering. We should repent for not doing the discipline of seeking for him, of being fed by the one who is the maker of our souls, the redeemer of our lives. The church has to repent for the worldliness and the complacency and the lukewarmness that we have sunk into. We have no hope if we don't. And maybe, by the mercy of God, if we do, he'll meet us, speak to us, revive us,